Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. With me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. Have you visited foiradio.org? After this episode ends, I'd invite you to visit us at foiradio.org. There we have over eight years worth of programming on our site. Again, that's foiradio.org. Steve, today we have a special guest in studio. Guy Caspi has joined us from Israel. He works with Magan David Adom, which is Israel's Red Cross. Guy is the chief multi-casualty instructor and director of hazmat exercises and operational training for Magan David Adom in Israel. Guy's going to share with us everything that Magan David Adom does and how they help in the emergency medical services for the Israeli people. We're looking forward to your interview with Guy Caspi. That's coming up, but first in the news... April 29th has officially become End Jew Hatred Day in New York City after the council passed a resolution to rein in the reoccurring anti-Semitic incidents plaguing the city. The resolution was spearheaded by Jewish Republican Ina Vernikov, an outspoken opponent of anti-Semitism in city politics. She cited data from the Anti-Defamation League showing anti-Semitic crimes in the U.S. They're at an all-time high with regular incidents in New York City. Well, Steve, here's my take. Congrats to Ina for standing against the rise of Jew hatred of anti-Semitism. But what's concerning is that two of the city council members voted no, while four abstained. Why? Because some didn't agree with Israel's relationship with the Palestinians. That means that opponents to this resolution's opinions about Israel reflects on the mistreatment of the Jewish people in New York City. One has nothing to do with the other. It's just another example that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. to have Guy Caspi from Israel, uh, and Guy serves with Magan David Adom in Israel, and I know for our listeners, that can be a mouthful to hear Magan David Adom, and they might be thinking, what is this Magan David Adom? So, Guy, great to have you in the studio, and maybe for our listening audience, you could share what MDA Magan David Adom does. Uh, thank you for having me, first of all. Well, Magan David Adom is actually the emergency medical services and the blood services for the state of Israel. Uh, the use of the emblem, the Red Shield of David, as a symbol of uh, Jewish medical help was actually been used even in World War I. Uh, but um, <clears throat> when the state of Israel was declared back in 1948, two years later, uh, the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, declared MDA law, Magen David Adom law, that defined the missions of this organization. First of all, is to provide pre-hospital care for whoever is in the state of Israel. Uh, and then uh, we do first aid training. We do train our people, we train the general public, we train the Israeli Defense Forces paramedic as well. Uh, then we go and do blood. We do the most of the blood 
campaign for the state of Israel. That means we run about 96 to 96% of the entire blood demand for the state of Israel. That means that we run the blood campaign, we do the tests, we do the processing and provide the blood to the different users, mainly the hospitals in peacetime, but when it comes to emergency, to the Israeli Defense Force as well. And then we serve as the um, Israeli Red Cross and Red Crescent Society for the State of Israel. That means that we do whatever comes to Red Cross activities. Disaster relief, uh, relative searching, um, and we join mission around the world. Last earthquake in, Tur- in Turkey, some of our uh, people were joining uh, some mission work there. We send some people for uh, the United States during some hurricanes, as well as other uh, search and rescue operations like surfside uh, incidents. Um, and last but not least, due to the special situation that the State of Israel is living in, as I say, in a tough neighborhood, we're an auxiliary uh, civilian service to the Israeli Defense Force. That means we assist the Israeli Defense Force when it's needed, Uh, and when rockets hit the home front, and unfortunately it's happened, uh, we are the main responding agency for civilian casualties caused by those rockets. All right. So, so, so Guy, uh, I want to share with our listening audience your title, okay? And I've actually built it into a question because the title is very long, and you serve as the chief multi-casualty instructor and director of hazmat exercises and operational training for Magan David Dome in Israel. Uh, that title makes you sound very busy, Guy. So can you explain to me uh, and to our listeners each component to your calling at MDA? I'll start with the fact that don't ask me how to cheat CPR. <laughs> I know how to do it. I served as a paramedic, but... Uh, But uh, mainly I'm dealing with what we call the operational training. That means how to respond to the different scenarios, uh, wartime scenarios, for example. How you work in a situation where a missile hit a populated residential building. Uh, when do you get in? How do you coordinate with the police? When it comes to terror attack, very complicated scenarios, suicide bombers. Um, how we coordinate, when is the step, wh- when MDA crews and people are stepping in. And our set of mind is a little bit different from other uh, emergency services around the world because uh, having the, the, the goal of saving lives, that means we're working with the bomb technician very soon to save people on the site. So generally, this part, what we call the operational training, is whatever comes to the emergency scenario on command and control, on scene coordination, working with other emergency services. This is the main part of my job. And then we'll go to the, tra- to the uh, drills and exercise. We conduct a lot of drills and exercise along with uh, our uh, partners and colleagues like the Israeli police, uh, the Israeli Defense Force, the fire services. Uh, we do roughly around 300 drills per year. And it can become, it can be a small drill with one or two units. And it can be a large scale drill with 45, 55 ambulances that simulate 
an airplane crash in the um, airport, or recently we conduct a large-scale non-conventional attack uh, on a train system. Wow. So how you uh, deal with this. The last portion is... Uh, and it's a small one, is what deals with hazardous materials. Because within our uh, doctrine and, and operational procedure, we are part of the response for those scenarios as well. So our, our people have to know how to use their protection gear and how to respond in the, the hazardous material situation. So those are mainly the three components of my title. And yes, I am busy. You are. You sound very busy. And you've been busy here in the United States traveling and, and, and speaking on behalf of uh, uh, Maganda Vita Dome here in the United States. And that's very important as well, because I know that the Maganda Vita Dome, the American friends of Maganda Vita Dome, help raise funds to make sure that the, uh, you're, you have the proper ambulances and, uh, and tools to be able to accomplish the tasks that, you're, that, you, that the, your, your uh, team needs to do to make it possible. So I'm thankful that you're here. I have one more question before we take a break. You actually started with MDA in 1979 as a youth volunteer. We were talking about that earlier. And today you've made it a career. I want to know what was it about MDA that made you want to go from being a volunteer to making this something you'd invest your life into? Uh, an interesting issue about MDA in general that you can see in the agency, a lot of people that do the same path that I did. Oh, really? Um, you come as a volunteer and we call it infected, but in the good manners. <laughs> uh, that mean you step in, in the beginning, you join the ambulances and you're second hand on, on the unit. And then you feel how you can contribute and literally save life and make the difference. And um, I started, as you mentioned, as a youth volunteer. Um, and during um, those periods, uh, I gained some experience and I decided that, I, that it looked nice. Not only the practice and the sirens and the rush, but also uh, um, the idea that, that you give and you do something for the general purpose of, of a better world, maybe. And um, after serving the army as the medical um, instructor, um, I start working. And then, you know, I went to the university, did my bachelor's degree in archaeology. Did you really? Yep. Uh, we'll have to have you back for another uh, archaeology <laughs> one, and, another archaeology uh, episode. Yeah. And um, I still was attracted to the field. And uh, I stayed in the agency and then I went to paramedic training and became a trainer. And then um, I was pulled up from the field to operation. And uh, for the last 20 or so years, I'm there um, doing a very, very, very interesting job. In, uh, very interesting times because there's not a, mom a dull moment for us. I bet. I bet. Well, listen, we are speaking with Guy Caspi from Israel. He's joining us here in studio in the United States. And uh, he serves with Magan Davida Dome in Israel. And so it's a joy to have him. We've got a few more questions with Guy. So we want you to stick around. And hear really uh, how important MDA is in serving Israel, especially with the enemies that surround the Jewish state. So stick around. 
For more than half a century, Svi Kalisher's stories have been one of the most popular features in Israel My Glory magazine, and now also as dramatic readings here on the Friends of Israel Today. Chris, where can our listeners find out more about Svi's inspirational life? Yeah, I recommend a book called Zvi, The Miraculous Story of Triumph Over the Holocaust by none other than Elwood McQuaid. It is the best-selling book produced by the Friends of Israel. Many have been inspired and encouraged by the story of a Holocaust survivor in Warsaw, Poland. Separated from his parents and forced to face the trials of Hitler's Nazi regime, he triumphed against all odds and found his way to Israel and faith in the Messiah. This book will touch your life and you'll find it difficult to put down. I know I did. You can order your very own copy right now at foiradio.org. The impact of Zvi's life and ministry in Israel, it didn't end when he went home to be with the Lord. In fact, Zvi's legacy lives on. Our Friends of Israel ministry representatives continue to share the gospel in Jerusalem, Israel, and really all throughout the world. We also serve Holocaust survivors and their families. We provide free food, medicine, and clothing, and we even promote the safety and security of the state of Israel and the Jewish people everywhere. So when you give to the Friends of Israel, your donation actually allows us to advance the gospel of our Messiah, Jesus. You can give online by visiting foiradio.org. Again, that's foiradio.org. You can click right there on our donate link. Also, be sure to let us know where you listen when you contact us. Welcome back, everybody. We're speaking with Guy Caspi from Israel. Uh, he's joining us in studio here, uh, and he serves with Magan David Dome in Israel. And uh, Guy, uh, to this day, Israel has enemies surrounding its borders and enemies from within. Uh, have you had any encounters with rockets coming from Gaza or suicide bombers as a professional EMT in Israel? Unfortunately, being in the service since the late 17th of the last century, I've been involved in, in several incidents. Uh, first of all, as a, as a paramedic, as a responder, and for the last uh, 23 years as uh, somebody from operation and as a debriefing officer. And uh, when those things happen, um, we report to the scene and then we conduct a debriefing session. Um, and I can recall, unfortunately, a lot of incidents. And one that I uh, remember was uh, one of the bad terrorist attack in uh, Tel Aviv happened in 2006, if I'm not wrong. It was a suicide attack in the Dolphinarium nightclub when a suicide bomber detonated himself in front of a queue of young girls waiting to get into nightclub. I was the second uh, ALS unit on scene, and um, it was a bad, it was a bad scenario. Uh, moving on in years, we just uh, had Passover, and um, one of the Passover nights, there uh, were incidents known as the Passover massacre happened in Park Hotel in Natanya. Suicide bomber entered. Um, the dining hall when they was reading the Haggadah and blew himself up there. And I happened to be 
uh, with my sisters uh, at my sister's residence, having the seder there. It was about five miles from Natanya. So I never finished that seder. Uh, and after this incident, um, whenever as a family we went out, we took two cars. Because, as my wife says, I need somebody. I, I have the ability to get home oh, by that's myself. Right. I don't want to be stuck at the Passover yep. Seder. Yeah. Um, and when the rockets hits us, you're ready. I was there as well in some of the places. You know, this leads me to my next question. And, uh, you know, you and I have been talking. Uh, the Friends of Israel does volunteer work at Kaplan Medical Center. And I've had a chance to interact with uh, EMTs. For several years, that would be coming to the uh, the hospital and um, and providing service, and you get a chance to see the Israeli culture at work when it comes to these emergency moments. And I have a question for you, and I, I think it might lead to more conversation. But is there an Israeli approach to EMT, to emergency medical treatment, that makes Magan David Dome different from the other ways other countries do EMT as well? Is there an Israeli approach? We follow the, the, the common uh, protocols. Actually, we work according, for example, in, in heart condition, according to the American Heart Association protocols and according to the PHTLS protocols, they are, all, they are well known around the world. So w- when you deal with, with, the, with the patient or the casualties on day-to-day activities and day-to-day uh, cases, we're following the same protocols. But when it comes to multi-casualty incidents, we do have a kind of a different approach. And mainly it was learned during the second uh, intifada, the second uprise, when we had a lot of uh, suicide bombers. And then one of the challenges was, um, how do you get to a scene, to the, to the casualties on a scene when something exploded in? Because you know, safety is, comes first in old EMTs and old medical care uh, uh, doctrines. And we find ourselves in a situation that we have casualties, we have an unsafe environment, and we are kind of waiting for the bomb technician to wave the white flag means you can get in. And then we realize that lives, people lost their life due to this gap because, you know, it's take time to clear this in. So we, we worked with uh, other agencies and conduct our, our operational procedures that say, that mainly says that even if it's an unsafe environment, uh, we work together with the bomb technician, work together with the uh, police forces, getting into the scene very quickly and taking out the casualties after triage them and performing life-saving procedures and evacuate them very quickly to the hospitals. And... Um, um, this saves lives, actually. You guys also have a very unique volunteer network as well that serves with MDA that I think stands apart from a lot of the uh, from a lot of the um, EMT services that we see around the world. When I was in Canada not long ago, uh, we heard from a gentleman um, who was talking about the uniqueness of the volunteer network at Magandavita Dome um, to help to help really streamline the process of getting to somebody as fast as they can, if there's an emergency. Um, and it come it boils down to basically your cell phone, uh, as a volunteer. Do you, can you provide any insight into that and how that's unique in some way? Yeah. In the agency, we have about 3000 and so, uh, employees, the skeleton, 
and beside we have around 32,000 volunteers. And they can be youth volunteer and adults. And um, the entire approach, the medical approach, um, is designed to get the help to the patient as soon as possible. And uh, in terms of technology, again, the Vita Dome is in the, in the edge of the spear, and we built our own command and control system. And the idea is in the minute there is an emergency, um, we have the location, what we call the flag. And the system look for the first responders among our volunteers that can be student it can be a clerk at the shop it can be a lawyer in the office yeah and whenever he is the nearest he will be notified by mda app and will be on the scene in no time starting to do cpr or starting to deliver a baby or just provide uh, primary care and this brings us to the situation that uh within a few minutes we have somebody from MDA, touching and taking care of the patient. Yeah, that is amazing. I heard a story once that you said a lawyer, that there was a lawyer in Jerusalem and they heard somebody had a heart attack. His phone buzzed, a heart attack, and it's only within a couple, you know, hundred yards from him. He walked over there. He was the first there to provide service until, uh, you know, um, the, you, you know, the employees could show up to, to handle the situation. But he was ready to go and he walked back to his office after he was done. It's, it's happened on a daily basis. Yeah. Let's put it this way. And what's more important is that the employees, as well as the managers, are willing to this to happen. Yes. And this is important. Yes, they're all active. I love that. I got one more question for you before we wrap up. I know that Friends of Israel has raised significant funds among Bible-believing Christians to purchase multiple ambulances and uh, medic cycles as well. A guy as an Israeli who serves with MDA... What does it mean to you to see Christians supporting Israel, supporting MDA, Magandavita Dome? And do you have a word for them today? First of all, it's warm my heart and everybody within the agencies, the volunteers, the employees, the management are thankful because at the bottom line, uh, very few percentage of the MDA budget is comes from the government. Mm-hmm. And by your help and by uh, other uh, agencies' help, um, we can do the service to the people of Israel and we can save lives in Israel. And we are very, 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 very thankful. Well, listen, for our listeners who are out there right now, if it, if you've been blessed by this uh, conversation that I've had with Guy Caspi, who's joining us from Israel, who serves with Magan Davida Dome, and you'd like to participate in some way so that you could give, number one, you can support Magan Davida Dome through the Friends of Israel uh, by going to our Israel Relief Fund, or you can also go right to their website, which is afmda.org. Again, that's afmda.org. And there you can give to help support, to help save lives in Israel. And we're thankful that Guy Caspi could be with us today to help make that all possible. Thank you, Guy. Thank you for having me. 
Our thanks to Guy Caspi for being with us on today's program. And thank you for joining us today. Israel, my glory in depth next week. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes is when we get a chance to highlight our most recent issue of Israel, my glory. And that's what we're going to be doing next week. The new issue of Israel, my glory is called On the Road to Zion, a devotional tour of the Holy Land. And hey, let this just be a reminder to you. We want you to be on the road to Zion with us on one of our Up to Jerusalem tours. To find out more information on how you can join the Friends of Israel on our Up to Jerusalem tour, go to foi.org forward slash tours. Again, that's foi.org forward slash tours. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gellion, edited by Jeremy Strong, who also composed and performs our theme music. And I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. Our mailing address is FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Bellamar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Bellamar, New Jersey, 08099. And I'll give you one last quick reminder to visit us at foiradio.org. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people.